During the recording of this last episode, there was an enforced break between Ben and Alex. This is part one. Hello and welcome to uh, a special edition of Elite Rugby Banter. It's special because it's on a Wednesday that we're recording it. You'll probably hear this on a Thursday. Uh, midweek banter. And it's also special because there's only two of us. So it's a negative kind of special. Um, so I'm joined... Oh, sorry, this is Alex, in case you don't recognize my voice. And I'm joined today by Ben, who's currently got a face full of pie and chips. Hello, Ben. Hello, Alex. Um, I haven't even I haven't even actually started on the pie yet. I oh. just ate all the chips, and I'm going to eat the pie. It's not normally what I do, but yeah. I thought I that is I figured the pie the pie would sound less offensive on the microphone than the chips, so yeah. I saved the pie for once we start recording. That's pretty good thinking. It is unusual to eat all your chips before you eat the pie. I know I and I think most people you got to have a few chips. Like if you don't start with a couple of chips, then you're not normal. But you normally also then save yeah. a few oh. chips for the end, right? No, no, you do because the chips, like, like the pie, the pie is the sort of the hero. Yes. But you don't want to eat the pie at the beginning when you're hungry. Yeah. Then you just hold off your pie and it's done. Yeah. So you basically want to eat like I would say, say, say a third of your chips maybe or yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's third, nice. a th- third of your chips just to take the edge off your hunger. Then you can really enjoy your pie. Then you finish off with your chips just to top yeah. you up. That's a good strategy, yeah. I think. What kind of pie did you get, by the way? It's chicken and mushroom. Um, okay. Shout out to my boy at uh, Doremi, my my Mauritian pie guy. I, I, uh, I'll call you about a call you about a potential sponsorship. Like nice. Our, our listenership in Mauritius is big. Shout out to Michael. Good. Hi, Michael. Shout out to me. Shout so, out to Ben. Shout out to Baby James. Yeah, um, so. And I think that's everyone. So, uh, without much further oh, oh, ado, oh, I didn't tell you. Okay. Sorry, Alex. Um, I'm here by myself, Joe. My wife's oh. gone out for dinner, so it's just me and the baby. So the baby might start crying. Okay. And then, which will make for some interesting pod antics, because wow. I don't really know what I'll do. Okay, lots to look forward to. Well, if you're just joining us, Ben's wife has left him, and we're <laughs> about to launch into ERB uh, game reviews brought to you by Do Re Mi, the Ben's pie guy in Mauritius. So, first of all, uh, we've got three games that have happened since our last episode, Ben. Those three games were Scotland Samoa on Monday morning, France versus USA, which was this morning, and New Zealand Canada, which was also today. So let's start from the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. Scotland Samoa. Did you manage to catch any of that? Yeah, I caught sort of well. Well, it was you know it was quite evenly poised till about kind of thirty odd minutes. Uh, so I, I watched that bit. Yeah. There was a slow start. I would have maybe, maybe, maybe not evenly poised, but Scotland weren't putting points on them. Let's say yeah. that. So the final score was was thirty four nil. It was the first whitewash of the tournament. Um, yeah, the final score was a was a dicking, but I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think the score was was entirely reflective of the of the game. Um, it was kind of influenced by the fact that Ed Fido, the Samoan wing, if I'm not mistaken. He was sent off in the last five minutes um, 
with a red card, a, a double yellow red card, which I think is a first for the tournament. And uh, that obviously was right near the end of the game, but uh, it, it gives I, you an I indication. Quite, I quite enjoy a double. I enjoy a double yellow red card. I like it's it. It's not uh, like you were. It's sort of just like you were just naughty the whole game. I yeah. like it. But you, you like you were you won you were warned, you know, like so Ed Fido or Fido was yellow carded in the fifty seventh minute. So he only came back on in the sixty seventh minute. And then about seven minutes later got a second yellow and he was sent off. So I mean, people talk about red cards ruining the game. Uh but like you're kind of asking for it at that point, right? Oh you know, it's not Red cards are the 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 symptom. What ruins yeah. the game is players getting themselves sent off. Really, yeah, no, exactly. Like play the the sort of the acts that generate red cards, not yeah. the red cards themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. always been my feeling on it. Like a lot of people blame the ref for giving a, a yellow card that then ruins a good game, but yeah, I mean that's what he's there to do. Like that's literally his entire job is to enforce. When people no, do no, no, it bad is, things, it, this, the refs have. Sadly, we talked about it on the on the long pod. That it's sad that it is a talking point, yeah. but obviously refs are, have come up quite a lot in this World Cup. Yeah, and it's people like, oh, these fucking French refs don't blow anything. It's fucking bullshit. What's the point of even having them there if they're not going to ref the rules? Right. <laughs> then when a ref does ref the rules yeah. and sticks someone no, with the card, it's ruining like, the cool, contest. Ruin rugby. Yeah, it's ruining yeah. the contest. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. But um, in any case, oh. I think. Yeah, it's safe to uh, say this this wasn't much um, of a contest to begin with. Uh, what do you? James is crying, but uh, Alex, just talk to yourself. Okay. Um, well, if you just joining us now, Ben has left us, so you're now hearing the uh, very dulcet monologue of myself. Um, we we're just talking about how cards can ruin games or contests rather but I think it's pretty clear from this game that it wasn't much of a contest no, uh, 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 it's fine it's fine I'm talking again I've stuck Are a you... bottle in his mouth so he's <laughs> <Okay. fine. laughs> oh, if only that worked with adults but uh, yeah so I was just saying out loud um... <laughs> it would kind of work with adults but you know they have mm. their hands are more nimble so they can just take the bottle out their own mouth I guess it depends what's in the bottle to begin with um, I don't want to spend too much longer on this. Uh, we've beaten around the bush for long enough. It was a bit of a rout by the Scottish. Not a very good game. I felt like the Scots kind of struggled to get into it. Even Stuart Hogg wasn't at his usual sort of accurate self. I felt like he he found a, a player more often than he found space when he was attacking the line, um, which isn't a great sign for things to come if Scotland are going to have any chance of reaching that much-coveted quarter-final spot, then they're going to have to beat Japan. And, uh, yeah. It is It is sort of the question, like, uh, can Scotland roll Japan? It's kind of... Yeah. Well, ordinarily... Japan roll Scotland. No? Yeah. I think in previous World Cups, I would have said a 34-0 win over Samoa would be the fantastic indication of where they are and would say that, that you know, they're looking really strong. This year... Samoa are just terrible. Um, I want to give a shout out to, to Tim Nanai Williams because he was single-handedly fighting back, um, and really he deserves to he deserves to get much more respect than he does. I think um, he's offered a lot to the rugby world, not just in international rugby, but even more so in domestic rugby. Of course, being a very valued player in the Chiefs when they were went through their golden patch. But, uh, yeah, so I would say that the Scottish didn't actually blow the lights out of um, this. Uh, 
just um, big respect to Tim Nana Williams for choosing to play for Samoa because I'm pretty sure he could qualify for New Zealand. I don't know if he would have made it, but you know he could have yeah. sort of just not bothered with. Oh. I don't think. Yeah, I think he only moved across relatively late. Uh, once it kind of became quite clear that he he wasn't going to qualify, um, he did play sevens for Samoa in 2014, 2015. But that was about five years after he'd played sevens. Or he, was, he was called up, I think. He didn't actually play for them. But he was called up to the All Black Seven squad. So he does qualify for the All Blacks, or he would, because he was born in Auckland. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He, I think he'd been around the block for a good four or five years in domestic rugby when he decided to, I assume, decided to then go and play for Samoa. Um, so, yeah, I still think it's great. I mean... The, the sport is better for it and he could have done what you know let's say um, even like Charles Pietar did and just moved to overseas and ruled himself out of contention altogether Pietar's brother by the way plays for Tonga so even though Pietar chose to represent the All Blacks for a couple of games before moving overseas and thus ruling himself out of international contention he he could have done a Nana Williams for example uh, but yeah anyway Long story short, uh, I wasn't super impressed with the Scots. I don't think the scoreline means all that much. There are still a lot of question marks over who's going to come out on top in that all-important game against Japan, uh, which is coming up in the future. I don't have the fixtures. It's, uh, the, it's the last game of the... It's like 13th October or oh something. Oh, God, it is the last game of the entire pool stage. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, great. I saw because it's cool. part of you know we we were complaining about J- Japan's fixture list the other day. Yeah, but it's actually, and saying how they play the first game and the last yeah. game, but I think it's really cool. It's hype, yeah. It's it's really hype, and like especially if they win, because then the whole country is just gonna be like buoyed into the playoffs. And even if they lose in the quarterfinals, there'll there'll be so much more energy around it than if they lose. Uh, okay, that's enough said about that. Uh, France versus USA was earlier this morning in South African time, probably around midday your time. Did you get a good look? Mm. No, um, unfortunately, fortunate, unfortunately for my rugby watching, but fortunately, I, I started a new job today, so right. I couldn't really be watching the rugby. Yeah. Also, my computer wasn't set up yet, so. Ah, okay, well, that's unfortunate. I, yep. I followed it though. It looked like you. Were, it sort of howled, howled, and then the, yeah. the damn waters broke. Yeah, they were actually. It was pretty shaky stuff from the French. Um, as we've kind of come to expect from them and it was that age-old uh sort of adage of which french team will pitch up and the answer was yes they started pretty <laughs> bland uh camille lopez had some a great early moment where he, he slotted a, a really nice crossfield kick for uh i think it was raka uh i can't remember which wing it was but um yeah the the french went up 12 nil i think originally but then the usa started coming back into through penalties and the penalties played a big a big part of the game because the french were just horrifically disciplined like they were giving away just reams and reams of penalties and aj mcginty the usa fly half is you know he's no amateur he's been playing the premiership for a while now and made quite quite a name for himself so he was able to capitalize on that quite effectively and got them back within three points they were 12-9 for most of the game but unfortunately the tier one nations i think what separates them usually from the tier twos is their ability to go the distance and in the last 20 20 odd minutes or so the french just pulled away 
and ended up winning 33-9. So they secured a bonus point, which is potentially quite a big deal in their pool. Uh, they, of course, still have to play Argentina. Um, who... No, they don't. Oh, sorry, uh, Argentina. not Argentina. They, still they, they need to play England. Yeah, both Argentina and them still need to play England. Um, but yeah, so it's looking pretty good for France. They're looking on track for a quarterfinal spot where they, I think, are expected to play Wales. Um, but yeah, again, same sort of thing with Scotland. Uh, if you look at not the score, but how they scored those points, there's a lot of question marks over the French, but certainly none, I would say, that went there before. Um, yeah. yeah, but the French are just one massive question mark, really. Yeah. So apparently Jacques Brunel, the cap, the, the coach, um, wasn't particularly convinced after the game. And when asked about one particular player, he said he played well and he didn't play well. Which is a typically French, typically French response, and really sums up their entire rugby program. To be honest, uh, to be fair, to be fair, the conditions weren't great. It was a bit, um, it was a bit soapy out there, apparently. Uh, but yeah, I must say I like the look of uh, Gail Fiku, their centre. Um, he's only twenty-two. I he's think. he's been around for what? Yeah, he's. But he's, he's got a. He's well established. He's a. He's, He's an old 22. Yeah. So he's 25. If, my, if my he mistake. is 22. Yeah, he's, he's 25. <laughs> that, that explains it. I was like, God, this, we've been watching this guy play for years. Did he start when he was like 17? He's like the French James O'Connor or something. I was about to say, wasn't he in the last World Cup, actually? He probably was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just thought he was like some kind of child prodigy. Um, but... No, but it's the way, the way they've... Because people like fall in and out of favor. The French is like the bloody ANC, you know, like... <laughs> You're in favor, you are, and it's, it, it doesn't seem to relate to your performance at all. It's yeah. just, um... yeah, no, he is, he is good. I mean, so to be fair, I'm just looking at his his career. He played, uh, he started playing amateur. Okay, that's probably when he was age group. So his his senior career began in 2013 when he would have been 19 years old. So he he did start very young, um, and it shows. He's 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 experienced and. He was probably one of the biggest dangers for the French team, but unfortunately he was surrounded by quite a lot of mediocrity and some, some pretty reckless forwards, actually. Their forwards seem pretty like, all over the show. Uh, Camille Schutt was there, the, the walking neck, and he he uh, um, had a pretty good game. Actually, that reminds me. Uh, something I forgot to do right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I've started receiving hate mail, Ben, um, which is interesting. Ooh. Uh, it's pretty cool. So we're one step closer to getting sued. Uh, but jokes aside, uh, yeah, I did get called out by someone on social media for calling players uh, fat, which is apparently fat shaming. Um, and I wrote back to apologize because I do kind of feel bad about it. I, um, I, I can't remember exactly what I said. I really I seldom remember what things I said, but... Yeah, look, uh, it's easy when we're on the sidelines to kind of get caught up in the banter and, you know, we don't really think about the players as real people a lot of the time. So we can just say whatever we want about them. But I think when it does make its way back to the players, which is always a possibility, uh, or just someone who's close to them, yeah, you know, I think can be a bit uh, mean-spirited. It's not intended that way, but I, I know it can come across that way. Uh, I'm only speaking for myself, of course. I know Ben harbors a very real and deep hatred for the Welsh. So... Oh yeah, no, no, but I, I've never been caught out for uh, for mur- for like 
really unfairly attacking the Welsh and Wales as a nation. Right? No. And, and like no one's ever called me out for it. No, I think that's because um, But of, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's not. It's, it's not. Yeah, that's completely true. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. outside of the heading of. Um, yeah, I guess it's. Um, just just on this, like, I know it comes off as mean, and we we are in a culture where, you know, like it is like. Fuck, am I still there? Yeah, he's still here. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just dropped my thing. Um, where body shaming is a is a big issue, but I do think it 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 relates to. Sorry, James is just going completely off. That's it relates to their performance in a way, like you know, like in the same way we'll say, "Ooh, you know, Cheson Colby's tall, um, and Cheson Colby's short or light or whatever." Like it is, it's related to their their actual performance as players. So you know, you're not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know your your um, your mens rea. Is it mens rea? Your yeah. what's your guilty mind? That yeah, is mens rea. It, hey? it, yeah. I don't know your your intention when you are making these comments, but I do feel there is a place to comment on the let's say physical condition of players. Yeah. No, look, it's. Uh, I think there's there's a degree to which you can comment on it, but I think I'll I'll I put my hand up and say that a lot of what I say isn't you know just purely good natured like a lot of it is a bit mean uh and i certainly wouldn't say it to their face not least of all because they they uh are professional athletes and i think as amalaki mafi has shown are fully capable of beating the shit out of me so uh but also it's just mean oh, I don't, uh, sorry alex you don't need amalaki mafi to beat the shit out of you fucking Herschel yankees would have you Herschel yankees would have a lot of guys dude he, he looks like he's he could he could scratch. Yeah, he's wiry. He's pretty scrappy. If, if you had to fight one, if you had to fight one Springbok, who would you choose? Uh, a Springbok. Does it have to be a Springbok? Um, jeez. Well, oh, no, I'd... you can't just fight one person. No, you I know. Just baby James. It's... No, I thought you were gonna say like professional rugby player. I had an answer for that. Um, I was gonna say Nick White. Actually, no, Fumiaki Tanaka. Because he just—he's so nice. He would—he wouldn't do anything. He'd let you win just like for the honor. Um, you know, but, but maybe the logic is listen, this guy's a professional rugby player. He's going to fuck me up anyway. I might as well choose the guy who's just going to end it quickest. Like, just yeah. go for like Eben. No, because he, he might kill you. Or Amanaki Mafi. No, he, he, he no but Amanaki Mafi might like, it, it might violate his parole to fight you. I don't think that would stop him. And I, also, the thing is, I don't think he'd, he'd, like, he wouldn't lose control and just kill you one punch, even though he probably could. He'd probably take his time. That he seems like the kind of guy who'd deliberately take his time and just enjoy it. But if I had to fight one okay, so, so who would... it would be, I think it would be, I've been thinking about it, and I think it would be Vili LaRue. Um, because he's so, like he must have, you know like the drunk, the drunken master fighting style? He's probably got something like that going on where like he's so erratic and out of control, He like he doesn't even know what he's going to do next. And he'd probably end up like roundhouse kicking himself in the head. And then I'd win by default. So that, I think that would be my strategy. Um, okay, it sounds like Ben's hopped off again. No, sorry, James is not happy or something. Okay. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want to, do you want to go take care of your first... I'm just going to abandon... You can go take care of your first born I'm just going to abandon you and podcast, okay? Don't tell your mother. Luckily, she doesn't listen to the pod, so we're fine. I can, I can do a solo podcast. We've, we've had worse episodes before. <laughs> and this is part two. Happy rugby! Uh, we've just come back from a quick break. You probably 
hopefully you won't have noticed that because Adam would have expertly cut the clips together. We just uh, took a break while Ben put baby James to bed, so hopefully there'll be no more disruptions. Uh, ben, all good that side? Hopefully, yes. Um, yeah, no no promises, but I think he's, he's down. I gave him some milk, so hopefully that'll... Um, Okay. Well, I'm told that'll that, answer all this. That'll... Yeah, I'm told that usually does the trick. Well, not, not, not milk. I, I gave him formula because oh. he's obviously... He, you know, babies can't drink milk until they're relatively old. Like a year, maybe? A bit, a bit older, I think. Well, they, maybe they, 18 months. They drink breast milk, though. Yeah, they drink breast like, uh, sorry, like cow's milk. It's, bit, it's a bit late in the game to be, to be breaking this to you as a new parent, Ben, but your your baby is supposed to be drinking breast milk. No, no, he, uh, uh, he's, he's, he likes his breast milk. Okay. Anyway, um, um, so yeah. we, were, we were about to uh, draw into the suspense on which Springbok player we would fight if we had to fight to the death. Um, what's your answer, Ben? <laughs> I could just steal your one, would you say? You could do that if you had if you um, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what mine is, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first. And you yeah. So I was going to say I'd, I'd probably end up fighting Vili um, because my feeling is that he's got... He's, he's the kind of guy who would have like a drunken master a style or stance when he fights people and would be so unpredictable and erratic that he'd probably end up roundhouse kicking himself in the head. And, and knocking himself unconscious, and then I'd just win the fight by default. Um, so that would be my strategy. What do you think? Um, oh, makes makes perfect sense. I think I would fight Jesse Creel. Not, well, currently, because he's injured. He's injured, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, be, because I, I think... Okay, like, like obviously he's a he's a fucking specimen. Yeah. But I I feel he's quite vain. So yeah. if I start doing a bit of damage to him, I think he'll yeah. start getting really like like defensive. He might just yeah. a fetal position or something. I feel like he might have a a caveat before the fight, like an anchorman, where they say no touching of the face. Yeah, be or like be like. Yeah, yeah, no, no face punches. Yeah, but, but if you manage, if you for him, will be the rest. But, but the, his face isn't his vanity. It's the rest of his body. will be like only face punches. <laughs> yeah. He'll just, <laughs> just, just absorb all the hurt in his face. Anyway. Um, okay. We've gone far too far down this particular tangent. Uh, so I'm just going to bring it back to my original point, which was if anyone's listening feels like we sometimes cross the line, um, I at least will sometimes apologize. Sometimes it is just in good fun and it's just banter. So uh, don't take it too personally. And I can assure you that I'm in far worse condition than pretty much any professional rugby player. So it's definitely a case of the pot calling the middle black. Sorry, I'm going to say you're in worse condition than all professional rugby players. Okay, well, you know, this is exactly what the person who sent me hate mail was talking about, Ben. Words can hurt. Uh, So I I expect an apology from you in writing. Um, Alright, we've spoken enough about France-USA. I think let's move on to the final game we're reviewing which was the nine-try routing by the All Blacks of Canada. The final score was 63-0. Uh, so the second match of the World Cup that ended in a whitewash. Um, pretty much expected. I certainly had not money, but I uh, was betting on New Zealand putting up the biggest margin of the World Cup against Canada. Uh, in fact, on Super Brew, I said 90. 
So I was very disappointed because, Oof. well, it looked like they were on course for it because pretty much the entire game up to yeah, no, up to the 60th minute, yeah, they, they were, were about g- a point. They were yeah. about a point a minute eh? exactly, and I was banking on them like opening up in the second half a little bit because the guys would come off the bench and try and make a bit of a statement, but it, was, it yeah. went the other way around. They got to the end, last 20 minutes, and they just totally switched off. In fact, uh, looked at some time like they were actively trying not to score. Bowden Barrett cut, <laughs> like cut the defense apart and had a clear line to the or clear angle on the on the try line. He was looked like he was maybe getting reeled in by one of the Canadians, uh, but you know Bowden Barrett, he probably would have made it. And then he just dropped the ball, like he literally threw the ball in front of him to avoid scoring a try. Like I don't know if if Hansen said whoever scores the last try has to buy drinks or something, but. Yeah, they, they looked like they were actively trying to not score. Uh, but anyway, 63-0, nothing to sneeze at. Certainly a dominant uh, victory for the All Blacks. Again, it's against a, such a small team. They ranked, what, 22nd, I think, Canada, 21st. So you yeah, can't but really... it's not even that. They, they, they were going... Canada in a like a bad place with their rugby at the moment as well. But yeah. It's, not, I mean, it's look, not just... It's the Ardron era, right? They got They've got Tyler Ardron through him all good things will flow but it seems like they're lacking maybe I don't know like we, we spoke earlier about how USA at least have like AJ McGinty and we didn't talk about him but they got Mike Teo who had a very good game and I don't know and like they, it's, it's then all they got the good the, the hooker what's the hooker Taufeta Taufeta yeah but like Canada it's all well and good to have like a decent lock slash eighth man but yeah, I mean, you can only do so much from that position, and I think Sergio Parise has proved that over the years. So until they get some good, you know, halfbacks, if nothing else, that's always going to be like this, I guess. It, it, it is sort of an interesting thing. Like if you have one, say if you Canada and you're going to get one world-class player, it's got to be a fly half for me. I guess so. I, I would, I would, as a South African, I guess I'd say. Well, I'm not South African, but from a South African perspective, I would say scrum half. Just because I feel like we. Yeah, no, no, that's what South. We play. Yeah, but that, that's what South African needs. Yeah. But I would say if, say, say if you. you uh, I, I'm saying I'd pick, it, have I'd, pick a, it, I'd pick it. I'd pick it you, for you, like Namibia as well. You have a club side, and you you have a club. Okay, you have Namibia. Yeah. And you you have to go and beat Western Province tomorrow. Yeah. And you can choose any player in the world to put into Namibia. It'll be a fly-off. I don't think so. I think I'd rather have... I'd rather have a really good scrum half who can kick tactically from the base of the rack. Control the game, yeah. Yeah, control the game a bit better. And, like, if you've got, like... Let's say you have a really good box kicker, like like Fuff sometimes is. Or, like, Aaron Smith kind of used to be. He's not that good anymore, but you can kind of just tell your wings because you'll normally have like pretty quick wings and you just tell them just chase the ball and put them under pressure like that's all you have to do yeah and eventually there's gonna be a yeah so I don't know I'd maybe I'd, I think I'd go scrum half over fly half anyway um so is, is there anything we can read into this result uh I don't know I was really hoping for um for Rico to kick on and get like four or five tries because I've I've got, I've bet on him as the top try scorer for the tournament, even though I know that George Bridge is currently ahead of him. Um, just because I knew he'd be picked for this game and for the Namibia game, and then there was a small chance he'd, you know, just score so many tries that Hanson had no choice but to put him back into the starting starting side. But uh, he didn't look very good, I thought. Uh, were there any standout performers from your side? 
as as I said, I didn't. I was, you know, at my first day at work, so I didn't catch all of this. Okay. I just kind of followed it. But to me, it's similar to what you said about the suffering game, where you like, you can't. Yeah. Like you, you can sort of play yourself out of contention in a game like this. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Rico so much played himself out of contention, but he definitely didn't put himself into contention. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm, know, like yeah, exactly. I think if he'd gone out there and scored like five tries, even if it's against Canada, you can't, you can't ignore that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was banking on. But okay, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he he kind of dropped the ball a bit on this one. Um, so not great from him. Not as badly as Bowden did, apparently. Yeah, but... and, and uh, yeah, other news so from this game. A few small tidbits. I forgot to mention the fact that it was the first time in Rugby World Cup history that three brothers have taken the field together. Obviously, Scott, Bowden, and Jordy, and all three of them picked up a bit of meat. So that's also a Rugby World Cup first. Uh, very cool. There's also that's possibly a that's possibly a first time in rugby. No, no, three no, no, brothers no. have scored a try. Ah, no, there's no way. After all, like over all the years, the same like, game. Yeah, think think about like amateur days, like when you had like literally oh, no, three, okay, three for families first... representing Scotland or something. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Fair enough. Uh, it, anyway, so it was also the first time it was the debut for Ardy's Wonder Goggles. He took the field as a. Which re- he apparently took off. Yeah, I don't know. Like the first time I saw him in the game, he was wasn't wearing them, and then suddenly they magically appeared again. So. I don't know, maybe he summons them. Summoned them. Uh, maybe it's like a shard blade. So, so, so it's, maybe that maybe it's, it takes ten heartbeats to summon your... Oh, are you reading the book I told you to read, <laughs> Alex? Thank you. Um, but... But it's based... They're essentially to protect his remaining good eye. Yeah. I've, I've seen mixed reports on whether they are prescription or not. Um, the original report I said I saw said that they're not prescriptions, just protection. But then I saw a statement from I think I thought it was Hanson or one of the assistant coaches who said, "Oh no, it was the commentator." I think they said it's prescription goggles that have been approved by World Rugby. So I don't know if he's got an actual loss of vision or if it's just like physical damage. I'm not sure. Um, but look, either way, uh, shout out to Ian, is it Ian McKinley, who yeah who sort of made made them, made them popular uh, on the international stage for Italy Irish born Ian McKinney who has got a great story behind him uh, I think it was Chris who shared the story with us on ERB Facebook group um, he was a very promising age group player lost his his vision and he thought his career moved over to, uh, to Italy began coaching and then I don't know met up with an engineer or it was his brother or someone who helped him out with a pair of goggles and he revived his career and then uh, got some caps for, for Italy. Uh, I do want to point out that I myself pioneered this about two decades ago. Um, I've been given none of the credit by the press, uh, which I am absolutely furious about. Um, but anyway, I did it for the good of the sport, not for the glory, so that's fine. Um, yeah, nothing else really from this game. Uh, Sonny Bull Williams got through the game uninjured, which is great for the All Blacks uh, he I think more than anything else he just needs time on the field right um, so every time every every minute played by him that he doesn't get injured is, is a good thing for them 
And Richie Moanga was man of the match. He had a flawless kicking performance, which is, I think, from pretty much everyone but New Zealand's perspective. That's pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. fucking terrifying. Um, yeah, he... He he started off. He's he's got a reputation historically as not a very good goal kicker, not terrible, um, but not great, and obviously much more of a ball in hand type fly half. But he then met up. I think I can't remember if it was Ronan Ogaro or if there's another kicking coach that he credits with this. But halfway through this Crusader season in 2019, he just turned it around and went on like a ridiculous. Well, it must be it must be Ogaro. Huh? It's probably Ogaro. Yeah, I think he's he's been the guru, and ever since then. Richie Moanga's just had a deadly boot and he slotted 9 out of 9 kicks uh, at goal today. So that's a warning shot. Um, cool. I think that's enough said about that. Well done to the All Blacks. Uh, hopefully see them in the grand final. Bad luck to Canada. Hopefully they get fucked up by Namibia. Um, please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 what, it's what we all want. Yeah, I think it's what it's. it would be the best thing for rugby and I think even the Canadians themselves would, would agree to that. Uh, all right, should we move on to the previews, Ben? We've got six, seven... No, where yeah, are we? Let's hit up some previews. Let's do some previews. We've got eight, eight games to preview, so let's go very quickly. Um, I'll make a note for our Super Brew, because I don't have access to it. All right, number one uh, is Georgia versus Fiji. This is taking place tomorrow at some time. Georgia-Fiji, Ben, who's going to win? I'm going to say Georgia. You reckon? Fiji yet to win a game, so not a bad shot. Well, yeah, but I, I, I just think Georgia's a good a good foil, a good counter to Fiji. Mm. It is kind of going to be forwards versus backs, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I would say in rugby traditionally, forwards versus backs, forwards win. Yeah. Especially... Because your forwards get you the ball, so if... Yeah. Especially, especially with the conditions we've been seeing in Japan lately. If it is humid, then Fiji's traditional strength of ball in hand, direct approach, direct running, is probably you know keeping the ball alive. They might struggle with that. Whereas Georgia's approach, which is basically, you know, every single set move is just a rolling ball with Java Pragvadze at the back. Um, that's a pretty winning formula. So, yeah, I I said Fiji by 15 on Super Brew. As you know, I made my picks about a month ago. Um, yeah, it hasn't aged well. I've, I've got a policy of not changing my picks, so <laughs> I am going to leave it for the sake of science. But um, we can put our own one down for the pod. What do you want to say? Georgia by? I want to say Georgia, but should we should we be a bit sneaky and give it the yeah. Georgia by? Yeah, Georgia by one. Yeah. They're hardly going to blow it out the water, so... okay. Um, second match on our schedule is Ireland versus Russia, also tomorrow. Um, what do you think, Russia? Russia by 10? The City Ruskies. <laughs> Sorry, please don't send me hate mail. Um, <laughs> How much, what, what's the margin? No, I'd say Ireland, I don't think it's going to be, Ireland aren't the kind of, I don't think they'll get to 50. Let's say that. Maybe 35? 35. All right, I'll go Ireland by 35. Uh, I said Ireland by 50, personally. Um, okay. Uh, Friday, the big game of the week, at least in my mind. Uh, South Africa, Italy. 
big game because this is determining who's going through essentially to join the All Blacks in the quarterfinals. Um, what do you think? Um, Italy seemed to be. I think it's hard to judge Italy's form because you know, like we look like, oh, Italy's playing quite well, but New Zealand and yeah. South Africa both got way bigger results than what they did against Namibia and Canada. Yeah, we do so, have we do have the team sheets for this game. Um, South Africa's essentially playing a first string side. Um, well, it's kind of a mix and match. I'd say it's about eighty percent first string. It's the whole first string back line, and then the four the forwards. We've got Luit Diaka coming in for Franco Mostert, who drops down to the bench. Luit fresh off a man of the match performance against Namibia. Then France Mahoba's in for Trevor Nyakane, who sadly had to leave the campaign. And we got Tendai, the Beast of Tauriro, and Bongi Skoko Bonambi, who are joining Malherba in the front row. They're replacing Kitsov and Marx, but there's a bit of debate to be had about which of these front row combinations really is the first string. Um, so there's nothing really lost there. Interestingly, there's a 6-2 split on the bench. Herschel Janchis and Francois Stan, the only two bench players. Um, so... Yeah, I read a few articles about this saying... For Frontstein, he does cover a lot of positions. Maybe not to yeah. the level you want him coming off the bench against New Zealand. Yeah. But, you know, Italy, I'm all right with Frontstein even playing 10 against Italy, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, what happens if... So, what happens if... Uh, if... No, okay, never mind. I was going to say, what happens if Mapimpi gets injured? But then you just move Colby to 11, Philly LaRue to 14, Francois Stan fullback, I guess. Yeah. And if, if Lukanu Um gets injured, I guess you move Dallander to 13, Francois Stan 12. It's fine. I think it's fine. Like you said, it's Italy. I was. No, yeah. no, no. Like, like, like they are. All the, all the sort of the, the permutations all work. Mm. But my, it's just, it's not ideal. No, my, and to to be honest, the, the way the way they've set it up, I don't think, I don't think Franz Dane will actually come off the bench, because no, the thing is, with, with a split, with no, no, but with a split like that, you can't just bring him, bring a guy on for like uh, rotational sake. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but I, then I, you I don't think we can afford not to, because. We, the risk we're running with this bench and this whole selection is if if any one of our starters go down injured now, we've only got like two weeks for them to recover until it's playoffs time. So I don't think we can afford not to bring Francois Stein on for someone. Just just to keep them safe. Oh, just to, you just know? to keep them safe. Well, yeah. lo- logically, that, that someone should be um. I think but so too. But he's yeah. kind of the player... Yeah, but I guess it depends on because you know if we thirty points up or whatever, then. Yeah. But I think I think what will more likely happen is we'll bring Francois Stein on early. I'm hoping he comes on in fifty minutes for Lucanio Um, and we move Dallander to thirteen, and we see what how that works for the rest of the game. But then I think Janchis is actually going to be the one he'll stay on the bench, and then in an emergency, he'll come on at wing or something if something happens. And we'll play Fuff to Cloak for 80 minutes because I'm actually not that fussed about Fuff being risked for injury. We got good, we got good depth there. I mean, touch wood, it doesn't happen. And Judgey's is the kind of guy who can't come on at like wing or fullback or, or nine or ten even. I mean, I wouldn't back him at ten, like. 
but you know, Vili Leroux can play ten, or Colby can play fifteen. So yeah, yeah, you know, like, like like they can definitely yeah. Realistically, they, they, you don't they, have to they come can on. scramble. They can scramble for that. Yeah. yeah. So that that's most likely what will happen. And then if there's five minutes left, then we can bring Junchies on. Um, but yeah, so I'm I think I'm I'm feeling confident about this game. Um, what do you think? What what kind of margin are we looking at? Uh, I reckon about twenty, twenty-five. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. I'll put down. Uh, I I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for a good hit out, but I, I want I want to be stress-free as a supporter. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good on that, and I I think. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, this is again, we don't want to, we can't take Italy for granted. They've beaten us in this World Cup cycle. Um, we do have the better team, I believe. If we should be able to win this fairly comfortably. In which case, the main thing we're looking for is just positive signs of synergy between the team and erasing some of the the flaws that we had against the All Blacks. So particularly, in my mind, our, our defense needs to be a lot more sturdy. And our kicking game. We I know a lot of people complain about how much how much we kick. I'm fine with how much we kick. I've got a problem with when we kick and how well we kick, and particularly how well we chase our kicks. So that I, I would definitely want to see a lot more of. And Italy have some good scatbacks. So if if we if our kicking is wayward, then we might be troubled by Jaden Hayward. Uh, I hope we wouldn't be super troubled by Jaden Hayward, who, to be honest, I don't think would make a super rugby side. Uh, yeah, probably not. But, but it's it's a lot harder to find a rhyme for Benvenuti, so that's why I went with that example. But anyway, <laughs> uh, right, moving on. Um, yeah. Australia-Uruguay is on Saturday. It's the early game on Saturday morning. How do you see that going? Uruguay, of course, with a famous win over, think, over Fiji already. Yeah, I think I think Uruguay have have run their race, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that is and also, the, they've, they've played like three times in like eight days or something now. Yeah, they, they must be knackered. But um, that, that is kind of the thing with minnows. Like when they do get a, that big upset win... There's a concern that they'll just be like, "Cool, that's really more than we were banking banking on." So we're just going to kind of call it from here. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um... So, what do you reckon? Yeah. Do you think Aussies will make fifty or what? No, yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll cross fifty. Okay. That Aussie team, if they get firing, is. I guess they're going to play a bit of. I've seen their team. It's actually. It's not a. Yeah. It's, I've, I've, it's a definite B team. Uh, I haven't got it here. Right but now. yeah, I don't. But, uh, they still got some I scorers. don't think it's super bad. Yeah, no, they got guys like I could see Pattaya running in like four or five. Two. Yes, no, that's right. I've, um, so let me open it quickly so that the listeners can hear the good the good word. Uh, James Slipper, Falafainga, Alan Alatoa, Rob Simmons, Adam Coleman, Lucan Salakai Lotto at uh, Blindside, Michael Hooper, Jack Dempsey, Nick White, Christian Yalifano, Jordan Pattaya making his debut, Matt Tomua. Tavita Kuradrani, Dane Hellet-Petty, Kirtley Beal. Is that his, his debut debut as well? Yeah. No, he's uncapped. Yeah, he was because he was injured. He was supposed to be capped in the warm-up matches. So it's quite quite a big day for him. And then on the bench, they've got James O'Connor, Genia, Ashley Cooper. I'm surprised they've got David Pocock on the bench just because I think he, you know, he could injure himself just coming on. But um, I guess it's the yeah, same as Sonny Bill Williams. Like he just needs some time in the saddle. So I don't know that that's a that is a second string ish Wallabies team, but it's still. Yeah. I mean, I've seen this as their first string team before, where they've had injuries, which I guess makes it not first string. But 
you know, someone like Kurtley Beal is not going to fuck around. Like, he'll score a hat-trick on you without even sweating. So... Yeah. And and Pattaya, obviously, we know what he can do. I'm, I'm going to say 50. Yeah, I, I reckon... I'm gonna say yeah, I'm going to say 50. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, the actual biggest match of the... Don't, don't, don't say 50, though, because other people say 50. Say, like, 48 or 51 or something. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do 51. Uh, this is probably the biggest game of the week. Um... England Argentina Argentina desperately need to win if they lose this game they're effectively out of the World Cup um, so what do you think England unbeaten so far but only games against USA and Tonga so potentially a little bit rusty Argentina are they going to be fired up for the must win game are they still going to be down in the dumps after losing to France in the opener I don't know what do you think I don't know. Argentina, to be honest, I don't... If England fire to any sort of extent, they'll beat Argentina, no matter what Argentina... Actually, no, fuck. If Argentina play properly, they're hard to play. No, I, I, I hope Argentina comes to play mm. because I think it'll be, it'll be a hell of a good game then. Yeah. Which... You know, it is it is something we always we always want to see. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I also think England, because England, the thing is, their set piece is so strong. Yeah. Okay. I'm and they go, I'm and they go play England by five. Yeah, I, I would say potentially a bit more. I'd say England by like fifteen. Oh wow. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. Um, yeah. But but I I hope I hope Argentina win. Yeah, I, I think it will be really. I really do as well. I don't know. It's I think it's a it might be a bridge too far. I mean I, I think they were assuming, they well probably not assuming, but they were expecting to probably lose this game and then beat the French, in order to progress. That's what I was looking yeah. for. I put I put my bets on that and I was disappointed. So we'll see. But it is a must win for them. Whereas England, you know they not necessarily complacent but they certainly will be expecting to win against France so who knows okay no, you, I know we talked about this on the, but England's draw is just horrible it is bad yeah like all their big games are lumped together right at the end although a colleague at work was saying it, in a way it's good because then you ramp up in time for the quarterfinals as long as you don't get any injuries whereas you know if you like South Africa and you play your first match your only big match really up front you risk going off the boil so, but it's one of those things in professional sport, like, it can go either way. Like, a bye week will either energize you or leave you rusty. It's just unpredictable. Um, okay. Um, other game on Saturday afternoon, Japan versus Samoa. This is kind of a must-win for Japan. I mean, not really, because it all comes down to that final game against Scotland. So, but if they, if they fuck this up, if they don't get a bonus point, then they might be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, certainly, if they want to top the pool, Who's Scotland. Well, oh, Japan. Japan. Yeah, for, I mean both teams. The Scots will be watching this just as much because a, a bonus point carries implications for them too. Um, but I think if Japan have their sights set on topping their pool, they need to target this for a bonus point win. Um, and I, I mean, well, if you could, yeah. I was I was thinking about the permutations the other day. So, if Japan win this with a bonus point. Yeah. Because they didn't... So Scotland took a bonus point against who now? Samoa, huh? 
Yeah. As well. Scotland's on five log points. So are Samoa. Japan's on nine. So if they get a bonus point win here, then they go up to 14. They'll go to four. Yeah. Uh, and if they... If Scotland... Then get a bonus point win against Russia, they'll be on 10. So then Japan will have a four point lead over Scotland. And if Scotland then, if, J if Scotland beat Japan but they don't get a bonus point, and Japan get a losing bonus point, then they'll still progress, but they'll come second in the pool. If Scotland beat the. But, if, but if Scotland beat Japan and Japan don't get a bonus point, then Japan goes home. Well, uh, stays home. Well, then they'll be tied, I think. Yeah, but then if they tie, they look at head-to-head. -head. Yeah, and then they'll lose if they lose to Scotland. So, I mean, like I said, either way, there's a good chance it comes down to that final match of the of the pool stages. So it's a, it doesn't really matter. But if they're not just trying to target a playoff, they actually want to top their pool, then I think they're going to have to get a bonus point win here. Because Ireland, I think, are just going to go on a rampage now against Samoa and Russia. Um, so... Yeah, well, Ireland aren't going to... Ireland aren't going to points now yeah you can expect Ireland to finish on 16 from here because they're on 6 okay um, so what do you think Japan over Samoa think they can do it yeah I think they can beat them I don't know if they can get a bonus point there okay so Japan what? by because they just played each other in the Pacific Island Pacific Nations Cup and Japan beat Samoa quite easily let me have a look um, yeah I'd say Japan by 15 uh, they beat some, uh... uh can't find it. You say 15. Okay, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Alright, uh, what's up next on Sunday? Okay, I know I've said that South Africa versus Italy was the biggest game of the week, and then I said England-Argentina was the biggest game of the week. This is the biggest game of the week, and I really do mean it. The biggest game of the World Cup. We, we've talked about it. This the is, World Cup is essentially what it was all set up for. a dinner... At dinner with your friends where your wife is trying to set up her fr single friend yeah and this is what it's been yeah. set up for. and and namibia is that single friend namibia will be playing the all blacks on sunday morning at quarter to seven south african time oh sorry i thought you were talking about namibia canada <laughs> no. um, <laughs> um namibia uh, targeting their first win of the rugby world cup they will be taking on the all blacks um <laughs> so it's it's uh, unlikely but if you're a betting man, then go for it. Uh, who am I to tell you what to do with your mortgage? So, what are you thinking, Ben? One team unbeaten, one team yet to be... You know, it's, it'll also be on Sunday, we'll also be recording our 100th episode. So, it's very yeah. auspicious. It is an auspicious day. If if it, if Namibia was ever going to beat the All Blacks, it would be this Sunday. Let, let me put it that way. And then we'll get... Finally, we'll get an episode that hits one million listens. Yeah. Um, like, we've been flirting with it for a while, we, but we, yeah. I think we'll finally do it. Exactly. This might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Uh, all right. Jack Sasai, yeah. what is your prediction? I think similar to Canada. <laughs> what did... 63. Uh, so, what was it? 63? <laughs> yeah. Let's say 62. Because <laughs> then, 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 yeah. then we could justify saying the movie is going to beat Canada. That's true. Okay, cool. I've got it. <laughs> Um, all right, final match of the week, France Tonga. This is a, sh a repeat of the showdown in 2011, uh, where Tonga famously upset France. I remember Sona Tomalola scored a good try. Uh, what are you thinking, Ben? 
I think uh, France will famously upset Tonga. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> margin? By a uh, similar margin to today, was it 20, 25? So? 20, let's make it 24. Yeah. Okay. Because they do have Charles Pietas. Yeah, yeah, uh, They've got Charles Pietas' brother. He's worth a try or two. Okay, there you have it. Georgia by What's one. What's his name? Uh, Does he also have quite a Western name? No, it's Sioni. Sioni Pieta. So, oh, so Sioni uh, and Charles. Siali. Siali, not Sioni. Sorry. Okay. Oh, my bad. So they sent the one for Charles to New Zealand. They are and both... And they kept the one. Well, they're both born in New Zealand. Um, but Charles just... Uh, I don't know. He liked northern hemisphere more i guess uh cool that's it from our side in terms of the super brew picks uh anything else you want to add before we sign off mm. no i don't think i got anything really okay do you feel um the referees yeah. refereeing decisions have have cooled down a bit there's i think it's i don't think it's been as bad lately as it was in the first kind of round or so i think people maybe are just getting used to the new normal yeah I don't know. Like I don't really think the refereeing has ever <clears throat> hasn't really been that bad at any point, to be honest. Yeah, true. Um, it's it's pretty. You know, it's it's, it's what it is. It's normal. Yeah. I don't think it's been worse. Than like normal. I obviously, think it's just the occasion that's getting. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's the occasion, and obviously, just the <clears throat> the say three bad decisions get made a game. Yeah. But then, if suddenly you're playing twenty games a week, it, you know, it adds up. Like, yeah. It's also we're not like we're not really watching anything else at the moment. Like this is all the rugby that we're watching, so everyone's yeah. going to be talking about it. The, you know, it's the only topic of conversation. Um, anyway, I think it's gotten a little bit better. I think it's settled down, or people have maybe found the equilibrium. Uh, hopefully, the worst is behind us. But um, you know, if it is going to be bad, hopefully, it's at least in our favour. Um, yeah, fuck. I hope some dodgy yeah. calls go our way. I'll tell you what. I, I'll just I'll be happy well, if, if Namibia puts up a bit of a fight against New Zealand. I just want to see a few tries, like it was. You want to see a try? Yeah, 2015. Johan, I think it was Johan Trump or Johan Dazel scored a, a pretty decent try. Um, you know, like I just it makes me happy to know that there's a Namibian who can go home and like tell his kids that he, you know, handed off Kieran Reed and scored a try or something. That's cool. <laughs> Broke his jaw, made him retire from rugby. Oh, that—that that is the the biggest gift the Namibians can give the rest of the World Cup right now. Is injuring <laughs> injuring Richie Moanga or something like that would be fantastic. Imagine, imagine Retallick comes back and Johan Trump just in, <laughs> yeah. breaks his shit. Just, just for the record, I don't really want any professionals to get injured. Please don't send me hate mail. Um. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, that's, that's no, it. no. Do you know what I want for Namibia? Yeah. I want New Zealand to kick for poles at some point during the game. Yeah. Moral victory. Yeah. Just, just to be like, Canada, you know what? Yeah. Canada had a chance to kick for poles today. They they turned it down and, and went for a line out instead, uh, and then ended up getting whitewashed. So, take that. It it, no, it is a bit of a weird thing if you say like forty nil down. Yeah. And you get a penalty in the 65th minute. Like, uh, theoretically, you should go for the try. No, I think you've you got to just get on the board. you got to... Yeah, I think you've got to get on the board. No? Yeah. 
But also, yeah, I think, I mean, that I, I would like that for Namibia. If they can defend, if they can keep the All Blacks scoreless for long enough to just piss them off and make them frustrated and, and just say, like, fuck it, just take a drop goal or something, uh, that will be a, a nice moral victory. I agree with that. Yeah. If they can, yeah, take them to, like, 15 phases yeah. and Bodhi's just like, oh, fuck, I'll just pop one just over. Pop one over yeah. All right, Ben, thank you very much for coming on. Um, sorry about your son being such a nuisance no no do you know what it's, it's our own fault we we didn't we didn't manage him very well I get back home a bit later from my new job so it uh, kind of um, okay, he's still adjusting it kind of disrupts the flow of it and yeah oh, fair enough okay well uh, thanks again it's been a pleasure and good luck to everyone whose team is playing this week and I hope it's a great week of rugby we'll be back on Sunday slash Monday next week Thank you very much. Goodbye.